Good morning, dreamers. It is December 15th, 2023, and this is episode 16 of the Paul Green Comedy Paulcast with my first ever remote podcast. I'm on the road, baby. Hence, I don't have my normal, uh, sophisticated background that I created in Canva in like three or four hours, because that is the extent of my digital design skills. So I hope all of you who are watching this, who are so accustomed to consistent branding that you're just not totally thrown, that you're just not going, what the heck am I watching when I watch the Paul Green comedy podcast, which I do every single day because it has become a staple in my life. I have grown accustomed to a black backdrop with green lettering and that weird little microphone uh, image that he cropped his head onto. How do I know what I'm listening to? So I am so sorry that I have disrupted your routine, your consistency, but you know, we're going to have to push through it today and for the next three days, because I am in Medford, Oregon, and I am performing tonight and tomorrow night at the Chadwick's Pub and Grill as part of the Rogue Regency Inn Hotel out here in Medford. So I have been traveling pretty much all day. I left Arizona early this morning. And, you know, I, my plan was to park at the park and ride and then hop on the light rail there in Tempe because I love the, the light rail. And when I got, I, I, I Googled like, hey, is it free to just park in the park and ride? And everything I saw said, yes, it's free. No problem. Park in the park and ride and then hop on the light rail. I'm like, this is beautiful because the light rail drops you right off at the airport. I don't have to deal with airport parking, airport traffic, none of that. I love it. I love taking the light rail into the airport. So when I get to the park and ride, there's this big sign that is like rules and regulations. Please read or we will tow you. So I was like, you know, I better just take a look and make sure I'm not doing anything that's going to get me in trouble. And literally the first thing it says is no overnight parking, no airport parking. You will be towed. We know who you are. We will track down your family. We will steal your identity. We will send the IRS after you and audit you. So now it's like 630 in the morning and now I have to call an audible so I end up, you know, Googling cheap airport parking because, you know, I, I never I never park at the airport because it's always ridiculously expensive. But there's all of these, you know, parking lots close by that are a lot cheaper and then they'll just shuttle you over. So luckily I was able to find an offsite airport parking uh, parking lot and got myself a parking spot and it wasn't too bad so it cost me $32 for the four days and so I figured well the cost of me getting an uber to and from the airport probably would have been twice that so you know I'm still doing well and I didn't want to bug any of my nearby family just to drop me off at the airport not a big deal so I flew into Portland which if you look at your geography Portland is actually quite a bit far north of Medford so I rented an electric car because I thought that would be a good idea. It was not. I thought that I could get from Portland to Medford 
on one battery because I thought I was getting a Tesla. I didn't get a Tesla. I got a Kia Nitro and I had to stop off and get a fast charge in Eugene, Oregon. And so I had to make, and fast chargers for Kias are not fast chargers like you fancy Tesla owners. It takes about two and a half hours. So I had to do, ooh, what's this little white thing on my microphone? Can you guys see that? So I uh, had to drop off, get a charge in Eugene and just take like a two hour break. Hopped back in. I had a full battery from Eugene to Medford. Now, my Kia said that I had 220 miles of battery power. And Medford was about 180 miles. So I'm thinking, hey, I'm good. I got 40 miles to spare. Uh, that ended up being wildly inaccurate. And the closer I got to Medford, the faster the battery started dropping. And so I started Googling more fast chargers on the way. And there were no fast chargers except all the way in Medford. And I kid you not... I got to the fast charging station. There was a Mercedes-Benz dealership that had an open fast charger for the Kia. And I got there with one mile left on my little battery gauge. So, you know, the equivalent of running out of gas and you just coast into the uh, gas station. So I had that experience, was able to get it charged up again to make it over to my hotel. It turns out my hotel actually has slow chargers on the premises, so I didn't have to sit for another two hours and charge the whole thing. And here I am in my hotel in Medford, very excited for the show tonight. Tonight, tonight, I'll perform a show tonight. There you go, Little West Side, everybody. Little West Side story. So... You know, I'm just I'm just really excited and, and grateful to have these opportunities. So this gig, I actually booked the first time I did this venue was in 2019. And I met the booker of this venue at a festival when I was living in Los Angeles. And I was in a festival and the booker was on this sort of panel, you know, panel of industry professionals and all of us comedians could ask questions such as, how do I get rich and famous? Um, so anyway, uh, she mentioned, you know, how to submit to her. So I jumped through her hoops. Um, I, you know, sent her the video and sent her an email and everything. And when she got my video, she replied and she said, eh, it seems like you're yelling a lot. Uh, yelling a lot. <laughs> so that didn't make me feel very good. I just thought, oh, okay, I guess she doesn't really like my comedy, I probably won't get booked by her. So as it was about, gosh, I don't even know how long, maybe seven, eight months go by and, and I don't hear anything. So I figured, okay, I, you know, she didn't, she didn't like my comedy because I was yelling too much, I guess. I don't consider myself a yeller, but an old yeller, but, uh, I've received enough feedback to know that I'm just not self-aware of how loud I actually am. So that's a growth moment for me to be more conscientious of my voice volume when I am in social situation. 
So anyway, about eight months, nine months later, I get this sort of uh, email blast and it just says, hey, comics, my Northwest tour comic had to cancel. Is anyone available for the Northwest tour in, I don't remember what it was, like October or something like that? I honestly had no idea who was emailing me. I, I had totally forgotten about that booker that I had met. I mean, it was months ago and the only feedback I got from her was negative. I didn't know what the Northwest tour was. She said it as though everybody on this email chain would know exactly what she's talking about. I had no idea. I didn't know what the venues were. I didn't know anything. I just knew that it was somebody was emailing saying there is a comedy spot available in the Northwest between a certain like a two week span. So I got that email and I immediately replied and said, I'm available. And the booker emailed me back and said, great, it's yours. And I went, great. Uh, what's mine exactly? What did I just sign up for? Because I don't actually really have any idea. Uh, I didn't, I honestly didn't know who I was talking to, to be perfectly transparent. No idea. And so I ended up just marking off the dates on my calendar. And I think I emailed I I, e I emailed her back and I tried to do one of those. Um, hey, refresh my memory. Of course I know. Or I knew at one time. Just refresh my memory. Uh, what the hell is the Northwest tour? And where am I performing? And when I'm performing? And what are all the details? Because I, I, I have no idea what I just signed up for. And so, you know, I subtly found a way. And then she said, Oh, don't worry about it. I'll send you all the itinerary information in June or something, which was like three months away. So I'm going like, okay, I guess I will find out what I signed up for in about three or four months. And then I'll just have to figure it out from there. So sometime around in June, I got an email uh, with the itinerary and all of the venues and... um. It ended up being a really, really fun experience. So it was uh, four or five venues uh, between Oregon and Washington. So there was like a casino in Southwest Oregon. There was this venue here in Medford. There was one, I think in Portland or maybe in Salem. Um, and then like one up in Seattle and then one up, kind of north of Seattle. Um, but, you know, f four, five, six venues um, who were all just kind of part of this Northwest comedy tour. And I was the headliner for all of those shows. And it was so much fun. And I'm so glad that she put me on her email list because, again, I didn't think that based off of my first experience with her that she would... Uh, uh, that she was going to book me at all, but I guess she was in a pinch and I was the first person to respond and it was just a situation where she said, all right, this guy responded, I'll I'll take a chance. So I did that tour. It went really well. Um, she got a lot of, the booker got a lot of great feedback and so she booked me immediately for the next year, said, great, we'll have you do that. And so I was booked to do the Northwest tour again in December of 2020. 
Now, I don't know if you heard, but something significant happened in early 2020 that pretty much wiped out live performances indefinitely for hundreds of thousands, if not millions of performers across the globe. And I was one of them. So the Northwest tour got wiped out and I had no idea if it would ever happen again, except that when I did that show in 2019, I I got myself a super fan. There was this guy in the audience and I wish I could remember his name. And I'm so sorry I don't. He follows me on Instagram and he was just the most gracious, complimentary uh, audience member I've ever had. Um, and, you know, when I started posting pictures about the show, he would comment and be like, you were the funniest headliner I've ever seen here at Chadwick's and I've been watching comedy here for eight years. And after the show, he said, you know, the same thing. He was just very, very gracious. And I appreciated that. So um, he actually pinged me on social media a little while ago and just said, hey, when are you coming back to Chadwick's? Or, you know, uh, Chadwick's is the name of the, the pub here. Just went, oh, yeah, I should reach out to the booker and, uh, you know, see what she's up to because evidently they're doing a comedy again. So I emailed her and she said, great, you got the gig in December. So this time it's just this venue. So I don't know if all the other venues didn't survive the pandemic um, or if they stopped doing comedy, you know, so many kind of recurring gigs and stuff like that all obviously, as we know, went through a big adjustment. I don't need to talk about that. We have talked enough about the pandemic in this world over the last three years. So Anyway, super excited to to be back here. It's just such a great, uh, I don't know. It, it's so humbling to be the headliner. This is gonna this is gonna sound so humble brag. I'm not trying to humble brag. I'm just really trying to be transparent because you're there's just this expectation, you know. And there's you know there's gonna be a comics before you. And there's this expectation that everything that the audience has just seen, uh, you better be better than that. Because, you know, you're the headliner. So you better be funnier than the feature and or the host. Otherwise, it's going, you know, the odds going to be like, why are you headlining when you're not as funny as the other people who we just saw? And plus, as the headliner, you usually do twice as long as anybody else on the show. So... It's uh, it's not a fun experience if you're the headliner and uh, all of a sudden you have a feature or a, an opening act who just absolutely kills it. And I've had that experience before actually coming out of the pandemic. Um, in 2021, I was real rusty in my standup, but I booked this uh, headlining gig uh, in Gilbert and or maybe it was 2022. And I... Uh, I I didn't do very well, just to put it frankly, especially the first couple of shows. I was really rusty. I was really in my head about it. Um, I had started a new relationship that was very intense and very serious. And so my whole psyche was shifting. I, I was in this sort of transition period, not only in my personal life, but also emotionally and spiritually and uh, psychologically. 
And so a lot of the material that I had been writing and working on since I started comedy uh, stand-up in 2014, it just wasn't really resonating with me anymore. I, I couldn't sell it anymore. It wasn't authentic for me. And But I hadn't had time to reinvent my identity into what was authentic at the time. And so I did this show and I had this feature act who opened right... Be so he went on right before me I did five shows. I headlined five shows and he went on right before me every time. And the dude was unstoppable. I mean, a killer. He's a, he's a headliner himself. And, and he's just hitting grand slams. And then I came on and the first couple of shows went okay. But I, I, I don't think I did. Objectively, I don't think I did as well as he did. The third show went really bad. So he went on. It was a tougher crowd already, but the comic before me got them. Yeah, because he, he he's very funny. He's very confident, and he has a huge stage presence. And he just went after them, and they loved it. So, you know, I talked about this previously on a podcast about blaming the audience. It's like, well, I can't, I can't really blame the audience. Sure, they were a tougher audience, but the comic before me got them to laugh. So... So what's the real problem here? So I went up and really struggled. For about the first two to three minutes, they were not on my team. I I wasn't getting anything from them. I tried doing this bit that I've been doing for years that always worked well, and they were not having it. I mean, swinging and missing on punchlines that had always hit for me. And I almost went into full-blown panic mode which has not happened to me as a stand-up comedian or a performer at all in a long, long, long time that I'm actually, like, failing to the point to where I don't know if I'm going to be able to hold this plane out of this nosedive. And, and I had a couple friends in the audience, too, which was so embarrassing. My best friend from elementary school happened to come to that show You know, and he's a firefighter and it's like, well, Paul, what have you done with your life? Oh, you've gotten not good at comedy. Good to know. So anyway, I had to pull the ripcord on my material and do the last laugh lifeline that every comic know, which is start doing crowd work. And, you know, sometimes if a comic, if a comic starts doing crowd work when their set isn't going well, then you know that they've just pulled the ripcord and that they are in panic mode. Now, not every time that a comic does crowd work. Sometimes a comic does crowd work because it's fun and it's engaging and whatever. But anyway, I was definitely doing crowd work because I was in panic mode. I was hitting the panic button. Help! And it took me a while. Luckily, the there was two girls in the front row. They, you know, they they didn't really want to be engaged with initially because, well, they just didn't like me. So. They don't like my comedy. They obviously don't want to talk to me personally. Um, but fortunately, they were they were cool. You know, they they were gracious and and were willing to just start having a conversation with me. And once I started talking to them, then I was able to throw out a few impromptu punchlines and be interactive with them. And I started to get the energy in the room back but man it was a it was a steep nosedive and it took me a while to like uh, uh, 
And by the end of the interview, I did my uh, my token uh, improvised song. So that I improvised a song about the the girls I just interviewed, and the song went really well. And the audience, I started to get really big laughs during the song. But that was 17, 18 minutes into the set. <laughs> So, anyway, being a headliner definitely, you know, has that added responsibility of the expectation that that you're funny and that you're funnier and you should be the funniest. And you definitely don't want to be a headliner and not be the funniest. Um, So... I am very much looking forward to these shows this weekend, to be back here in Medford, Oregon, to be back on this tour, to start seeing things, you know, rebounding since the pandemic, you know, and I feel like we're, you know, a good year, year and a half removed from the shutdowns and everything. So feels pretty normal, but again, this used to be about a six venue tour and now it is a one venue tour. So there are still some, unfortunate uh casualties as we all know so anyway here i am back at it living my dream doing stand-up comedy out of town touring hustling what it took just to even get this gig and to get this gig again and just grateful that you know I responded to that email back in 2019 in a timely manner, happened to see it and just took a chance, even though I didn't actually know what it was I was signing up for. I'm glad it didn't come back and be like, all right, your porn shoot is in two weeks. And be like, oh, I thought it was stand-up comedy. They're like, yeah, people will be laughing once they see you naked. So I hope you are all doing fantastic, that you have a great weekend, that you're out living their dreams, uh, you're out there living your dreams and just... You know, if I could give a little nugget of wisdom, because I know you're all like, hey, you're not very successful yet. Why don't you give us some nuggets of wisdom? Take it for what it's worth. But I does remind me of the importance of just taking those small action steps. It's, you know, I met a booker at a uh, at a comedy festival in an industry panel and I got her business card and she said, yeah, send me an email with your stuff. And I did it. And I think it's so easy to just not do that stuff. Oh, I, you know, I got 20 email or business cards from this festival. I, I met a, I met a bunch of people and, eh, you know, we had conversations or whatever, but the importance of, uh, somebody says, Hey, send me something that you follow through and you do it. Cause you never know what can actually come of it. And the results may not be immediate, but the more of those action steps that we can just take in in pursuit of our dream in service of the dream and then just let the results come as they are meant to come so here i am getting to spend a weekend in oregon and to hopefully entice the beautiful lovely people of medford oregon into laughter and hopefully my feature act isn't Super funny. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that sounded so pathetic. Can you feel how pathetic that sounded? The insecurity? 
I don't know if that insecurity is ever going to go away, guys. I've been doing this comedy in some form or another for 15 years, and I still wonder every time I step on stage if if it's just going to bomb. So, But, you know, I think if I didn't feel that, I don't know if I would ever do it again. If I just stepped up on stage with absolutely no apprehension, no nerves, no fear of the unknown, I I think I would be done. I think that would be the, oh, okay, I need to find something else to do because this is no longer scaring the shit out of me. All right, dreamers, keep dreaming. Keep going for those goals. Let's uh let's accomplish them together and have a hell of a lot of fun and a hell of a lot of incredible experiences on the journey. Love you all so much. This is December 15th, 2023, episode 16 of the Paul Green Comedy Podcast. <laughs>